Let us pray. Almighty God, you have spoken to us through your Son. Let your written word now be spoken and heard by each of us. Give us ears to hear and hearts to understand that we may not refuse your calling or ignore your voice. May we all be taught by you through the power of your word. Bring our every thought captive to obeying Christ, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Our Old Testament scripture comes from the book of Psalm, chapter 103, verses 1 through 8. Listen for the word of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with, with good as long as you live so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Listen for the word of the Lord. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand straight. When she saw Jesus, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things he was doing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh God, open your hearts, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear what you are saying to us today. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. 
through Christ. Amen. The sermon title this morning is Set Free by Christ's Mercy. This text is a controversial miracle story. It is a story not just about healing, but healing on the Sabbath. The word Sabbath is repeated five times in this pericope. Interestingly, the word Sabbath, Shabbat in the Hebrew, does not appear in Genesis. But the word Shavath with a V appears, which is the word used for rest after God worked for six days and rested on the seventh. The word Sabbath appears first in Exodus 20, verse 11. And what it says clarifies what it means to be the Sabbath day. Holy and blessed should be remembered and kept holy. Belongs to the Lord. Requires abstinence from work for all people, Jews and Gentiles and animals. The Sabbath endures even on the land as it does the people according to Leviticus 25 and 26. Any acts against the Sabbath were to profane the Sabbath and bring God's wrath to the people of God. The Sabbath was a day that began with a holy day for God, but modified over time to a legalistic tone that included detailed aspects of observance. In our text, Jesus was preaching on the Sabbath when a woman appeared to him who was under satanic bondage. The bondage had her bent over for a significant portion of her life, 18 years. There is no other disorder of one being bent over mentioned in the Bible. But anyone with physical deformities was expected to remain socially invisible, especially if they were a woman. I imagine this woman experienced feeling short having to look down to the ground and needing to peer to the side to see ahead. I also imagine that she could not work, had difficulty sleeping, that it hindered her relationships and likely had deep discouragement and despair. While the text does not speak to her pain, if you've ever had back pain or a spine disease, you would expect agonizing and sometimes paralyzing pain. After 18 years of misery, one can be tempted to have their self-worth and dignity diminished. What should have been a day of celebration became a moment of indignation. The synagogue ruler responsible for the reading of the law wanted the crowd to turn against Jesus when he vented his anger, not to Jesus, but to the people, telling Jesus he could only heal her on any other day except that day. The ruler said, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. The ruler was more interested in maintaining the law through religious bureaucracy than faith that should shape our morals. Jesus responded not to the crowd, but confronted the ruler in verse 15 and spoke as the Lord calling out his pietism. 
The ruler's faith and action were governed not by God's grace, but by the exactitude of the Torah. For even the rabbinic tradition was united in understanding Torah to require passion for animals in distress. How then could healing this woman on the Sabbath day be refused? Hypocrisy. Jesus rebukes the man and those like him, saying, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? One of the key words here is ought or necessary. The Greek word also found in verse 14. What the synagogue ruler attributes to the Torah, Jesus attributes to his power, grace, and mercy. Jesus sets this woman free from the bondage of Satan on this sacred day of rest. Then women didn't approach rabbis, nor did rabbis as a rule speak with women. But Jesus took the initiative inviting her into his presence, saying, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. It was necessary for Jesus to unbound this woman from Satan and to do so on the Sabbath. Jesus must complete his mission of redemption on the Sabbath, just as God completed his mission of creation on the Sabbath. Jesus implies this in his initial mission declaration in Luke chapter 4, verses 43, verse 43, when he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus knew the scandal of his declaration to show mercy on the Sabbath. His pronouncement loosed the woman from the torturing evil spirit that doubled her over for 18 years, and then after laying both hands on her, she stood up straight and began praising God. We know that Jesus had power in his words, but it is good to note what the Old Testament says about laying on of hands. It signifies three things. Dedication of sacrifices to God, installation of the Levites to the priesthood, or blessing. The only instance of laying on of hands in the Old Testament that relates to healing is name of the Syrian's desire for the healing touch of Elisha. Jesus followed in the precedent of Elisha, for Jesus placing hands on people was most associated in healing people. Jesus pressed the issue for releasing this woman from being bound by Satan on the Sabbath by calling her a daughter of Abraham. Healing this disabled woman completed his spirit-anointed mission to let the oppressed go free. The prophetic promise of Isaiah 61 and 1 to proclaim liberty to the captives is fulfilled when he heals this daughter of Abraham. Friends, Jesus has set us free in our weakness and brokenness. And we can be assured that we are worthy to receive Christ's mercy, even when the odds seem stacked against us. 
so that we might give praise for what Jesus has done for us. We can trust in Jesus to free us from our bondage. We can trust in God's mercy because Jesus knows all about our troubles and he came to release us from the servitude of sin and strife of life. Our walk in life often appears confident and courageous to others, but the burdens of life can have our spirits bent out of shape and our hearts twisted in anguish. The Westminster Larger Catechism says that without God saving work, we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all that is spiritually good. Satan's cruelty can cripple us, but Jesus saves us in his mercy. We do not have to be consumed by the anxieties of life that can double us over, where we cannot see the work of the Spirit all around us, or unable to seek Jesus in our time of need. We can trust in Jesus in our difficult hours. For even when we feel unable to seek Jesus, as was the disabled woman, Jesus chooses us and invites us into his presence so that we might claim victory in his mercy for our circumstances. We can have hope and expectancy about what God is doing for us today and tomorrow and be encouraged by the spirit who enables us to stand firm in our faith. Jesus joins us in our, our life's journey that we would find joy and know that we are part of a greater community, a community where we check in and encourage each other, a community where we greet each other with a smile that says everything is going to be all right and a hand that helps because we serve a God who made us whole. We can trust in Christ who sets us free to a new life through his compassion, giving us hope and transformation in our difficult times. Even when we do not feel valued in our own hearts or by others, we are bestowed worth by Jesus through his unexpected mercy. Jesus gave this woman a new name, daughter of Abraham. He also gave us a new name, children of God. We don't always ask for mercy or recognize it immediately when we receive it, but God is working God's plan for us for his mercy and for his glory's sake. We are worthy of Christ's mercy. The compassion of Christ claims and empowers us to live for him. I don't know about you, but we can often tell when someone is living in God's mercy. Even in the difficult times, they seem to have peace and confidence that God will work everything out for the good. But while it may seem strange, not everyone is excited when God shows mercy in our lives. Sometimes religious people do not see or feel that some of us are ready to receive the Lord's blessings. The synagogue ruler considered nearly 
the holiest, one of the holiest men around, became annoyed because a woman was cured on the Sabbath. Instead of being joyous in Christ's mercy and glorifying God, he gets angry because he wants to follow man's rules instead of finding jubilation in God's miraculous hand of healing. The irony of his anger is that he didn't know that if the lady came before or the day after, he himself could not heal the woman, but only Jesus, who had the power to heal. The ruler who thought he used biblical reasoning to tell his people that the Sabbath day was only for worship and rest missed the mark on a day of mercy. We can face the same temptations. We are tempted to discriminate between those who we think deserve our help and those who do not. We are tempted to ignore people who are in need and struggling and pretend like we do not notice their needs. While we do not have the issue of the Sabbath, it can be easy to ignore those with serious problems, even disabilities. Some might say, that's not my gift, or I do not have the skills in that area, or if I take time to help, I won't have time to do what God has called me to do. We can make excuses even when we serve God, but do you, do we have a heart in the place Christ wants it to be. Even if we do not have the gifts or the calling, Christ calls us to have a heart of mercy and bestow to our neighbors what has been bestowed graciously upon us. Because of what Christ has done for us, we can claim total victory in Christ. Even when we feel bent over and overwhelmed, we are empowered to show grace to others that has been given to us through the cross and empty tomb. From the beginning of the world until Christ, God set aside one day as a day of worship and rest, which the Israelites called the Sabbath. But from the resurrection of Jesus to the end of the world, the one special day for Christians is the first day of the week, the Lord's Day, a day of worship and rest, but also a day that reminds us of Christ's grace and mercy for all people. Jesus wants us to use this grace on this Lord's Day and every day to show our love toward others. We can start by forgiving others, visiting the homebound and sick, showing kindness to children and the elderly, befriending the friendless, and feeding the homeless. We do not have the power to set people free like Jesus, but we can be used as agents for love and compassion of his saving work. There is no better day to show the heart of Christ to people in need than the day that God has given us to rest.
And along the way, we ought to respond to the things God has done for us. Sometimes we do not know how to respond or act when we experience God's mercy. But the text makes it clear how we ought to acknowledge God. The text says in verse 13, when he laid his hands on her, she immediately stood up straight and began praising God. The text also leaves no room for interpretation of how the church ought to respond to Christ's compassion on others. Verse 17 says, the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. We must praise God. How do we praise him? We praise him by studying more about God's word. We praise him by praying, listening, and acting on what God is saying to us today. We praise him by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and the compassion that he has shown in our lives with others. In total victory in Christ, we can walk boldly in Christ's mercy, lovingly show kindness to others, and give all the glory to God. Friends, we can praise and rejoice in Christ's triumph over his enemies and his power, over the abnormalities of fallen humanity, and to transform them by his mercy. Brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus will do for us what he did for the disabled woman. Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath, through his mercy, calls us and wants to touch our hearts with the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit that will transform us and set us free. Jesus wants to loose us from the bondage of worry, anxiety, loneliness, illness, despair, and disability. Because of Jesus, we have been made children of God. Trust in the one who was sent to us to bring hope and salvation. Come to the one who calls us and knows all about our needs and can make us whole even when others do not see our worthiness. Be receptive to the work of the kingdom of God and share the good news that sets us free by Christ's mercy and binds Satan so that we might rejoice in all the wonderful things Jesus has done for us together. Amen. Friends, Jesus said, come to me all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is an invitation to Christian discipleship.